जहारा निखाटे गले पापा दूरे जा
what our topic is. Some of you were not with us yesterday evening. So the topic yesterday evening was who or what delivers the conditioned soul to the transcendental position and Krishna delivers. And Krishna delivers through the agency of different instruments or personalities who he empowers. And then this morning we heard Rabindra Sarup Prabhu speaking on the Tva of Guru Tattva, the, the, the Nas of Guru, that, that which again, it's from Krishna so this is connected the topic is connected to that flow um, this will be a little different than what most of you are used to, this is going to be with some appreciation of our acharyas and what they have said in addition to Srila Prabhupada and what he has said about um, how the guru serves as a manifestation of Krishna's mercy. It's really nice but you have to be attentive and you have to not mind detail because there's detail that makes it very nice. Just like a piece of art. When I... um, The first temple I lived in, uh, in 1970, was the Boston Temple. And one of the reasons I decided to live at the Boston Temple is so many nice devotees lived there, including what's now the BBT was then ISKCON Press, and everybody lived in the building. And one of the favorite places was the art department. 
and um, they had their own space, their own floor where they did their artwork, and they had kind of like an assembly line process, meaning they got the nectar, Prabhupada's recorded Bhaktivedanta purports came, they got to listen to it all, and then they got together and decided which paintings they wanted to paint to illustrate what they had just received. And then one devotee did the creative conceptualization. Another devotee did the filled it in. And then another devotee did all the detail work. You know, the jewels and the, all the details and details. But part of what makes art beautiful is the detail. Anybody who knows a little bit about art, you pay a lot more if it has lots of detail. And it makes it more beautiful. So this is one of those. It's some of the beautiful, embellished, detailed narrations on this topic by our acharyas. So it's a little different. But the essence is there if you listen carefully. We're going to begin with Jiva Goswami and his exposition on this topic from Anuched. 180 is it like you know section of Bhakti Sandarbha and not exactly his title for that section but what he speaks about in that section is how mercy manifests in the life of a devotee and Krishna is that merciful source so he um, takes a verse he begins his exposition or a major part of it is this verse that's from the prayers by the demigods to Lord Krishna in the womb. And it just so happens this same verse is a verse that I referred to in my Vyasa Puja offering this year. Um, and the translation reads, O Lord, who resemble the shining sun, you are always ready to fulfill the desire of your devotee. And, therefore, you are known as a desire tree. This is Prabhupada's bancha kalpaturu. When acharyas completely take shelter under your lotus feet, in order to cross the fierce ocean of nations, they leave behind on earth the method by which they cross. And because you are very merciful to your other devotees, you accept this method to help them. <coughs> nice verse. And to indicate how mercy manifests in the lives of a devotee. Uh, Jiva Goswami. Here we go. Here we go. Excuse me. This is having a problem. Okay. Jiva Goswami. I'm going to summarize his commentary from the Sandarvas. And there's other sources too. He f first of all refers to this word Dhuman. It's toward, whoa, Krishna. It's towards the end of the first line. Dhuman. So that's an address to Krishna. Oh Lord who resembled the shining sun. Um, and 
It's an invocation. And his lotus feet are compared to uh, a boat, a boat that can cross the fierce ocean of nescience or the ocean of birth and death. And then there's some particular tenses of the verb or the grammar within the, within the prayer by the demigods that indicate that the boat that they cross in is left on this side. And that's atra. See that word? Atra. Over here. So they cross. So they take the boat with them to cross. But they leave the boat over here. Um, which means they have left it on this side of the ocean, which signifies that they have revealed the method to cross for future aspirants. Just on this particular atra word, both Sanatana Goswami and um, Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur Okay, you're trying. They commented specifically, leaving the boat on this bank means that devotees establish bhakti movements, like Iskand, founder Acharya, and then cross the ocean of material existence. By this act, others are able to cross the ocean of repeated birth and death. And then Jiva Goswami does what great acharyas sometimes do. A skeptic might say, that it's called Purvapaksha. Someone might say, well, wait a minute. Um, the Lord might consider, why don't I just reveal it to myself? Why am I dependent on these devotees? And um, the answer is found in the verse by the demigods this sad anugraha you're going to hear this word several times so pick up on it because it's important sad anugraha and that means it's, it, it's, it's the exact address of the topic that we're speaking about anugraha means mercy so there's two meanings of this sad, sad anugraha one is that the Lord Lord has mercy, anugraha, and that mercy comes through his devotees who are sat, sat anugraha. It's only through them that he blesses others. That's one meaning of this sat anugraha. These are prayers by the demigods and they're praising the Lord saying, you have devotees that you give your mercy to the rest of everybody, your other devotees. Through these very special devotees, you invest some potency of mercy in them, and they distribute that mercy to others. Although you could do it yourself, you do it that way. And a second meaning is um, that the Lord's mercy is the devotees themselves. In either case, the meaning is that the Lord's mercy which is our topic, which pervades the material manifestation, but we need to gather some of that which pervades the, the material manifestation, 
it takes its form in the shape of saintly devotees. And otherwise, the mercy is there and we, we don't have our receivers on. We're not able to receive it. We are able to receive it through Sat Anugraha, through those merciful manifestations. Now this is not from Jiva Goswami's continuing commentary, but it's the very same language, Sadhanugraha, that comes from uh, the greeting of Prithu Maharaj, fourth canto. Prithu Maharaj, one of the avatar forms of the Lord, the manifestation of the Lord's ruling potency, Shaktyavesh avatar, Prithu Maharaj. He's become king. There's a whole long description of how that happened. And to honor his becoming king, the four Kumaras come. And Prithu honors the four Kumaras with the following verse. Um, can't read it so well, can you? Which means Bhagavan uh, is always wishing to elevate the living entities. And in order to achieve that, Anurudhaya, to show mercy, he sends qualified people like the Book of Just because the Lord wants to give mercy, he does it through you for the Supreme Personality of Godhead is always anxious to elevate living entities who are his parts and parcels. And for their special benefit, the Lord travels all over the world in the form of self-realized persons like you. Sadhanubrahma. The mercy of the Supreme Lord is received through such persons who the Lord empowers. Now back to Bhakti Sandarbha. Jiva Goswami goes on with another section, reference from Bhagavatam. This is um, Rudra Gita, he calls it. This is Lord Shiva's prayers when he meets the Prachetas who are on their way to fulfill a request of their father and he is so much pleased by their mood of submission to their father that he gives them prayers by which they can fix their mind upon the personality of Godhead realize the personality of Godhead see the personality of Godhead face to face so it's prayers to the Supreme Lord given by Lord Shiva where he says oh Lord your feet remove all sins. The commentary, by the way, says that sadhana bhakti. We get access to the feet of the Lord through sadhana bhakti. Please grant us the association of those who have cleansed all their sins by bathing internally and externally in your fame and holy places of pilgrimage, like the Ganga, 
who are compassionate towards all living beings, pure and endowed with qualities such as simplicity. This indeed will be your, with a capital Y, mercy upon us. Jiva Goswami refers to this as the devotees, such exalted personalities, are perambulatory mercy givers. Or they themselves are the embodiments of the Lord's mercy. He sends them, as Prithu said to the four Kumaras. And from the verse, again, this word anugraha, mercy, and tava, your mercy is, or these devotees are, the manifestation of your mercy. That's how we get mercy. And then he concludes, even if we interpret sad anugraha in a slightly different way, as he whose mercy is directed towards the devotees, the implication is that non-devotees do not receive the Lord's favor. This leads to the conclusion that it is appropriate for His mercy to be manifested only through the medium of devotees. That's how we get Krishna's mercy. And that's the end of that little reference from Bhakti Sandarbha. Now here's another very nice one. Again, you have to be um, a little attentive. And uh, it's a reference from a Bhagavad Gita commentary by Baladev Vidyabhusan. And we know Prabhupada dedicated his Bhagavad Gita on the dedication page to Baladev Vidyabhusan. So in Baladev's commentary on Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, text 26. Um, it ends with Mam tu Veda Nakashchana. Vedaham Samatitani Vartamanani Charjana Bhavishyani Chabhutani Mam tu Veda Nakashchana. Mam tu Veda Nakashchana means people, nobody knows me. So Baladev writes in his commentary no one knows Krishna. Even millions among millions of Ghanis, one who knows Krishna is very rare. So then he goes on in the next verse, text 27. Whoops. There's a, there's a similar message from um, Shukadeva Goswami, excuse me, Maharaj Prikshit to Shukadeva Goswami. In the sixth canto, Bhagavatam, there's a famous verse, Muktanam Api Siddhanam Narayana Parayana. Maybe some of you know the verse. Su Durlaba Prashantatma Kotishvapi Mahamane. The translation is, O great sage, this is, Maharaj Prichit is asking, um, about Vritrasura. The whole Vritrasura story has been told and he went back to Godhead. He, he exhibited the characteristics and the traits of an Uttama Bhagavat Vaishnav. And he wanted to know, how did that happen? Because he was born by Twashta as a demon 
So how did he get to that elevated state? It's so rare to get to that elevated state. Muktanam apisitanam, narayana parayana. Amongst many millions who are liberated and perfect in knowledge of liberation, one may be devotee of Lord Narayana or Krishna, such devotees who are fully peaceful. Fully peaceful are extremely rare. I know a few devotees who are very peaceful. I know some other devotees that aren't very peaceful. Anyway, so um, he asks in the next verse, why is it that the person who knows Krishna is very rare? Why is it? And then that's in the purport of the next verse. Ichadvesa samutena dvanta mohina bharata sarva bhutani sammoham sarge yanti param tapa. This is the translation from Baladev's commentary. Since the beginning of creation, all living beings have been intensely bewildered by ignorance carried by duality arising from like and dislike continuing from previous lives so then he goes on in his commentary saying from the very beginning of creation all living beings become completely bewildered from the very beginning of creation why? And the response given in his commentary, they are bewildered by the delusions, excuse me, by the illusions of dualities concerning respect and disrespect, happiness and distress, woman and man, thinking, if I am treated well, I will be happy. If I am treated with disrespect, I will be sad. This is my wife. That is my husband. Absorbed in such illusory conceptions, they become bewildered. What causes this intense bewilderment? Answer, the bewilderment arises in this life by impressions of attachment and hatred which existed in previous lives Icha, Dvesha, Samudtena since all living beings are bewildered in this way one who knows me is very rare that's the why now what to do Maharaj, what to do? And so, text 78, excuse me, 28, Yesham Tantakatam Papam Jananam Punyakarmanam. So, he gives the solution, but in the purport, Baladev says, as if having a conversation with Krishna, 
it appears that no one will manifest devotion to you at all from your statement in the last verse since every living entity is bewildered pack it in hopeless case and then he explains from the verse those who have attained destruction of their sins anta gatam papam through the fortunate merciful glance of the great souls kama those who have performed pleasing actions punya karmanam which gained the mercy of the great souls worship me with steadiness dritavrata attained by association with the great souls they being freed from the illusion of dualities having attained true knowledge of me worship me that's the cure for this inexorable problem again mercy through the association of great souls regarding the role of the great devotee the smriti says he quotes in his commentary which translates this is from 11th canto chapter 2 similar to the verse that was quoted um in a verse that ravindra's rupavo was quoting we'll see that verse coming up the servants of vishnu wander about this world in order to purify the living entities mercy of krishna is distributed through such persons by that method confirmed here by baladev vidyabhusan illuminating krishna's words in bhagavad gita now in his own way bhaktivinoda thakur expresses the same thing he has written a book bhakti loka which is commentary on nectar of instruction the six qualities that enhance bhakti and six qualities that destroy bhakti shabir bhakti avinashati so sangatyaga um he as as acharyas sometimes do he uh, has taken a vedic concept and has given it his own terminology scholars do this too prejudices prejudices are similar to tendencies ichadvesha tendencies attraction repulsion tendencies a similar word is swabhava from previous life one has a swa bhava you know brahma karma swabhavajam vaishya karma swabhavajam chatra karma swabhavajam propensity and he's calling these prejudices and he has two kinds ancient and recent so ancient prejudices prejudices that have developed in the subtle body due to the uh in new immemorial endeavors for fruitive activity and speculative knowledge namely karma gyan such prejudices are known as one's nature 
We're born with a certain nature. Each Advaita type. Some are attracted to this and repulsed by that. Some are repulsed by that and attracted to this. One man's food is another man's poison. You've heard that phrase before. From these, one develops association with karma and gan in this life. This is inevitable. And then there is recent ones. We you know we associate with good and bad, and develop certain characteristics in our life. So that same that's the problem spelled out in, in his Sangha Tyaga. And what's what's the recommendation? by Bhaktivinoda Thakur is the same recommendation. Take saintly association. Get mercy. <laughs> Be a nice commercial. Get mercy. <laughs> Got mercy? <laughs> and associate with, with saintly persons. And, and thus this phrase, your divine grace. We address Srila Prabhupada as his divine grace. So his divine grace, I had this nice discussion with one god brother once. Does the his refer to Krishna's divine grace, his divine grace, or does it refer to the spiritual master's divine grace? And the answer is, it looks like it's a contradiction, but it's not. (laughs) Because his divine grace is his divine grace. And His Divine Grace is His Divine Grace. (laughs) Because His Divine Grace is receiving His Divine Grace. And His Divine Grace is investing His Grace in His Divine Grace. Um, In the Bhakti Sandarbha section, just before the one that we discussed, um, Jiva Goswami explores... The, the akinchana bhakti, um, unmixed, undivided, un, 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 pure devotional service, where there's no other shelter but Krishna. And he indicates it's the rarest of attainments with the rarest of results. And uh, to illuminate this topic, he makes reference to 353, it's Vidura meets Maitreya, and he's honoring Maitreya with the following words. Auspicious devotees of Lord Krishna like you wander in this material world simply to bless people who, who, due to misfortune, are not devoted to Lord Krishna and who are thus irreligious and exceedingly miserable. So, Jiva Goswami explains in the, this verse, the word daivat, the last word of the first line, by misfortune, means that they are not devoted to the Lord because of their past karma. That's their misfortune. They're implicated by their previous karma. They're directed other ways in other places, similar to what Baladeva was saying. Whoop. Due to their absorption in such karma, Jiva Goswami writes, 
They are adharmashila or irreligious, which means that they are devoid of Bhagavat Dharma or Bhakti. Only by the mercy of Guru, this is the conclusion, there's a whole long section, but he concludes this way. Only by the mercy of Guru can the absorption in desire and hate, which block our capacity to know the Lord, be broken. The very words that are used in his commentary. So he similarly goes through this Icha Dvesha tendency, the attraction and repulsion to sense objects, just like we find in Bhagavad Gita. It's carryover from previous contact with matter, and it, it's, it's um, inexorable. It just continues and continues. So the breaking of that cycle is through receiving a mercy. And the eligibility for that mercy is good fortune. Yadrichchaya which means somehow or other. There's not like, we're, we're accustomed to a cause. In, in um, the first chapter of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's Madhurya Kandambani, he uses this word, Yadrich Chaya, makes references to different places in scripture where it's found. He starts by asking the question, how does bhakti begin? Like, how do you become fortunate? How do you get mercy? And some people say, you do lots of good karma, but he refutes that. Some people say it's just coincidence. Some people say it's destiny. Some people say it's the stars. Some people say it's the will of providence. And, you know, he, so he, he goes through different, some people say things, and then refutes them. And then ask the question again. So how does it begin? How do you how do you get mercy? And you get mercy from one who's merciful, one who's carrying bhakti within their heart, and they're literally empowered, or their power of attorney is given to them by Krishna. You can give me to whoever you like, but they have some rules they give to the innocent and not to the atheistic that's the Madhima Adhikari's rules so one one meets such a person and what's the prior qualification no prior just have to be at the right place at the right time somehow or other and there then the merciful devotee comes along and says take some devotion to Krishna please in whatever the form here's some prasadam or here's the holy name or here's the book or come to our program, or whatever it is. And that's how bhakti begins. And then to further enhance, because going back to our um, the yesterday evening discussion, there, there are gradations of bhakti, and to go further and further, then one requires more elevated association, and following, and submission. That's tomorrow's class, about submission. What is, what's that all about? So, mercy is needed. Two things are needed. We need to make some effort, and we need some mercy. Not just we need mercy. We need mercy. We really need mercy. And we, we really need to make some effort. The, the eagerness to receive mercy... Um, that's going to be discussed a little bit in the next class. But uh, Ravindra Sri Prabhu already 
spoke about it in his morning class. This um, how the quality with which one should hear as a receiver of transcendental message. There, there must be um, a qualitative kind of hearing for it to be effective. Even if there isn't qualitative hearing, it's still effective. Because the, the sound vibration, like Hare Krishna Mantra, or the sound vibration of Srimad Bhagavatam, or transcendental sound vibration, it's transcendental, so it's going to have some effect. But to get the deliverance, the full deliverance effect, it requires qualitative hearing. So we'll be discussing that a little bit in the third class that I'm giving. That this um, ardent hearing and submissive hearing and so forth in order to get the fullness of mercy. So we have some time for some discussion. Questions? Yes. While we're waiting, the, the, the initial song, these, each of the classes are accompanied by a song by Narutam Das Thakur from his Prarthana series of songs. And this song is specifically an appeal for mercy, an appeal for mercy, an appeal for mercy. And recognizing that if I make offense to this specific source of mercy, I'm finished. An appeal for mercy. That's the, the mood of the prayer, of the song, and it should be the mood of a devotee. We want to progress. We require mercy. Go ahead. Hare Krishna. Um, I was just curious if you can elaborate more on uh, when you're talking about this initial mercy coming into our lives. If you can talk about what other aspects of mercy are in play because sometimes when that mercy comes some will say yes and then move forward and others will say no thanks and just block any reception of that mercy from the devotee um, it'll, part of that's going to be discussed tomorrow where Bhaktivinoda Thakur says Sometimes people are just disposed to say yes. And that has to do with their prior. And sometimes it takes a little persuasion to say yes. Take good association to bring you know a, a no to a yes or a, a silence to a yes. So benefit comes simply through the association itself. That's one category of response. There's another category of response that Bhaktivinoda Thakur expresses. It's, um, Prabhupada presents it in, in one purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita, where a uh, little section that calls Bhogan Mukhi Sukriti, Mokshan Mukhi Sukriti, and Bhakti Unmukhi Sukriti. Unknowingly, one may get Sukriti if one does different categories of things. For bhog, for material enjoyment, sense gratification enjoyment, 
there are activities recommended in the Vedas for enhancing your chances of getting such things. Then there are recommended activities in the Vedas for uh, getting moksha, study of Vedanta Sutra and chanting of Om and things and austerities and certain things for towards liberation. And then there is devotional service. And devotional service can be even unknowingly performed. Like, you know, go to work and give somebody some prasadam, for example, or something. Or you're just like softly playing kirtan at, at, at your workstation or something. Or, you know, they, they see Rathiatra or something. Or, or something. You know, devotees may go out of their way to create a situation where unknowingly people are engaged in devotional service. You know, before there was GPS, we used to ask people for directions. You know, often they wouldn't give us the right directions. GPS does that too, I've found. There's a special place in Houston that always gives the wrong direction. It's like very amazing. Anyway, <clears throat> so we ask somebody directions, you know, which way to, you know, such and such street. Oh, their devotional service has begun. Even it wasn't intentional. And so a little bit of accumulation of unknowing devotional service may at some point come into a yes, voluntarily, knowingly taking devotional service. Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes that. Even in that case, it doesn't take away from the first principle. The first principle is um, association with someone that's carrying bhakti. And the quantity of bhakti and uh, you know, similar to a, a point that Ravindra Shruprabhu was making, knowing the audience, that is, according to the suitability of the receiver, the capacity of the receiver to receive, like Prabhupada did, knowing his audience, he spoke in a certain way, which isn't the same way that Bhakti Siddhanta spoke, which, etc., etc. Premananda? Maharaj, in war-torn uh, regions of the world, what is the chance of anyone receiving any mercy? And is their situation something like permanently cast to be, like there is no chance at all because the environment is such that there is so much um, atrocities going on, that what is the chance of anyone receiving any mercy? Less. Um, I can't remember the details, but anybody who has been in a class that Buddy Narayan Swami has given knows that he likes to tell stories. And I've heard on this point like three different stories of somewhere where he was going to, to sell paintings and, you know, some remote place and some island somewhere and he, you know, the guy that he went to sell the painting to was sitting there reading a Bhagavad Gita or something like that. 
And then he asked the person how he got it, and how he got it was like this amazing story. And then there's another one. Is it Burma? He, Bhandarinarayan Swami, because before he took sannyas, he was assigned to go to some places where they don't get much association. You know, a candidate for sannyas giving sangha. I think it was Burma. Some place where it's against the law. And so somehow, somehow, I mean, like somebody here in America got a book and they, you know, they, they didn't read the book and somebody took the book from America to, to Burma and then it sat on a shelf and then this, this young man was feeling, you know, frustrated or suicidal or something or other and he found the book and, you know, it saved his life and he, he read the book and found out that there's a, uh, you know, those that want more information can write to the BBT in Los Angeles. So he wrote a letter to the BBT in Los Angeles. And no association, just wrote, and so Bhakti Vikash Maharaj just happened to be in the mood of wanting to go to Burma and said, you know, ask the BBT, do you have anybody that has written you from Burma or whatever, whatever the place is? So they gave the name, and and that very the, the very he had 24 hours because it was he couldn't get a visa because of you know whatever the reason is. <clears throat> he went to that person's house. They came home from uh, yeah, after school, and there was Bhaktivikashmaras sitting in their living room <laughs> to give them some association. And that person is now the leading brahmachari in Burma Yatra, and you know making many devotees and. Some, I'm sure some of the facts are wrong, but you get the idea. Something like that. So, slim chances. But, you know, Krishna's in the heart of every living entity, and he does amazing things in amazing ways. So, it's good that persons are thinking this way, and it's even better that persons do something about it besides thinking in this way. Does that help? Premananda? Maybe off the topic, but I feel like some countries, so many millions of people die. And well, the thing um, this, so everyone dies. No, it's like it's in a violent Death situation. Rate is 100%. There is no chance of thinking about God in that situation. So, what is the chance of, I mean, is it like Slim. a. Slim. But, you know, like, why does someone get born in, you know, as an Eskimo? Or why does someone get born in a desert? Or why does someone get born, you know, in, in New York City? Or why does someone get born in Lower Slobovia? I don't know. You know, because their previous deeds have brought them to that destination. It's this misfortune. But it's not, it's not in and of itself a fundamental disqualifier. The mercy of Lord Chaitanya is especially uh, needs to rise. You know, the, the, the manifestation of Lord Chaitanya's mercy needs to rise. And that's our founder Acharya's calling for us to become compassionate like him. And somehow... 
certainly it's difficult. And even where it's, anyway, that there's so many anecdotal things. The devotees that live in Ukraine, especially in eastern Ukraine, their life is at risk. They, and and they, even to sustain their lives, they need some help. And, and so that some messages will be coming out about how we can help. But that's like even devotees in such places, what to speak of those that aren't devotees in such places. It's a tumultuous world. Yes. I'll try to frame my question eloquently. Um, from this summary here, it's actually the mercy of the Guru that actually helps us uh, to transcend this absorption in desire and hate. And as in the Anishtata Bhakta uh, stage, uh, we go through this stage where you know we are inspired and we are able to access the mercy, the connection is strong. And then there is a dip. And um, what what is that quality that makes us, or what is that that makes us hold on to that mercy even at the times when we are not in a very strong position? This is the same question you asked before, just the words are is different. Is it gratitude? No, I'm asking is that gratitude? No, I said faith. Faith, yeah. So for mercy to hold on to that mercy is also faith? No, well, it takes faith tomorrow, the next class. The, the, the in, impetus for taking shelter requires faith. Yes. It's, it's, it's um, catalyst is faith. So, and, and so nurture that. Nurture the relationship. Nurture the faith within that relationship. You know, in other words, the, the features of duality are going to continue to change all the time. That which is misfortune becomes good fortune. Wait and see. Wait and see. Like, you know, the eastern Ukraine situation. It, the misfortune will become good fortune. Wait and see. But while it's happening, it's, it's you know, something needs to be done. So, but stay focused on the spiritual reality, which is the connection with Krishna. In that, in the face of that, whatever it is, where the you know the, the sine curve starts going down, and that's the sign of maturing or spiritual advancement. It's not created by the circumstance or destroyed by the circumstance. It's transcendentally established. We're very we're too much affected by the circumstance or by duality the particular configuration of duality today or this moment unfortunately so our, our happiness and distress or our feeling enthusiastic or otherwise is affected by those things too much so your question is when it goes down what do we you know how does how does stay fixed it's the the the, the, the connection with that mercy which the impetus for which is faith. Faith in the process of bhakti itself and faith in, faith in the mediums that deliver the bhakti, the persons, the teachings, the teachers, 
The mantra, I mean that, that first slide you remember? Take shelter there. And then when, lo and behold, when one takes shelter there, the connection is there. And when, when you feel the connection, despite the, the circumstance, or regardless of the circumstance. How does one attract that mercy, like, of the guru? By, by, by eagerness to receive it. I mean, it's, it's readily given anyway. It's like, you know, how do we get more sunshine? Just stand out in the sun instead of, you know, hiding under a rock. You stand out in the sun. You, eager to, for sunshine. You get the sunshine. Um, do you remember when, uh, when we were in, in Chicago and did that sharing session? I'm sure Nuta was, will remember because we were next to each other. The duck that quacks the loudest gets the bread. Yeah. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Same. So the quacking of the duck is similarly the eagerness to receive mercy gets the mercy. Now, what's the impetus to get to be eager to get mercy? Well, if I'm suffering, I'm really eager. And then when the suffering subsides, complacency. And then the suffering comes on, oh, I'm eager again. So it's, you know, circumstance created in the beginning. One needs to go beyond the circumstance created type and with knowledge understand progressively, divvy again, understand who Krishna is. And why would I want to be in Krishna's association and Krishna's eternal service once again? And give up my, you'll hear it tomorrow, give up my so-called independence and take shelter. So it's the impetus is, you, you can say knowledge, but it's that which sustains and supports that knowledge is, is, is bhakti, devotion. Faith combined with transcendental knowledge, supported by you know knowledge and devotion. So supposing I you know I'm complacent type, I'm lazy. I, I'll I'll try hard when it's it hurts, and when it doesn't hurt, I don't try as hard. I'm, you know, I'm conditioned soul like most people. So then it's up and down. It continues the up and down. But if one wants to become not up and down but more steady, the bhakti principle has to be nourished. Taking shelter, eagerness to take shelter. One gets the mercy who is eager for the mercy. I'm tiny. I need mercy. Thank you very much. Okay. Sanjaya in the front here. Gurudev, is Guru's mercy conditional or unconditional? Depends on the Guru, I think. <laughs> no, it's it's unconditional. 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 Why do you ask? <laughs> Just to make sure, okay. 
you know, let, let's, let's take a look at Srila Prabhupada as, you know, the, the, the gold standard. What was the condition that Prabhupada had for being merciful? Well, you know, let's just play you know, little arguing. Um, it looks to me like he was more merciful to some people than to other people. Like more people got his association than some people that didn't get his association. He showed special mercy to some people. You know, because, you know, like, you know, people that were, were really good at getting things done, he recognized that and he gave his association. He got, they got that kind of mercy. And the people that couldn't get things done as much as those that could get things done didn't get that much association. So what about that? Conditional? Huh? Huh? Association what? Association yes, but mercy no. Association no, but mercy yes. I can't. Uh, can you speak into the microphone? Then I can understand what you're saying. Uh, the, the association with Prabhupada, that, that some got more and some got less, was also dictated by the purpose of the whole movement. So Prabhupada would not associate probably more with those because he liked them or not, just because of the importance of the movement going into the right direction. But I believe that everybody got the same mercy. Even Anutama, would you like to comment on this? I didn't know this before the other evening. Anutama had very, very minor, or like modest association with Prabhupada compared to others. That's so much association. I like the way you answered it, Maharaj. I like that expression, looking at Prabhupada as the gold standard. I like that. that Prabhupada, you know, Prabhupada gave mercy to everyone. And, and like he also gave the example of the sun. And Prabhupada explains like this. The sun is there. And if we go out and get the step into the rays of the sun, then we get then we get the opportunity. And that's where our free will comes in. But the pure devotee is trying to spread that mercy to as many souls as possible. And it's just whether or not we come and accept it. And some people even try to run away, just like Lord Chaitanya. He, he accepted sannyas because he could see the formula so far as not getting the mercy out as far as he wanted it to. So he made other plans, and Prabhupada had made so many plans, and just ever-increasing plans and ever-new plans. And then he's empowered so many of his followers and followers of his followers to come up with more plans and more plans. So it's, we just see the mercy as is described. It's just really ever-increasing. Mamantrapu just came back from Harrisburg and 500 people sitting and chanting one round of japa with him and a few colleagues. So that wasn't even exist a few years ago. Somebody came up with that great idea. Let's sit at festivals and pass out sets of bees. And who would have thought people rushing by on their way to some other event would stop for 15 minutes and, and chant a round of japa. I mean, they didn't do that when I was a new devotee. When I was organizing festivals, we hadn't thought about that. So it's an ever-increasing another way. Prabhupada's mercy is manifesting. Out of all of Vindrasura Prabhu, out of 
there's probably ten things you'd like to comment on from all of what we've been discussing. Anything you'd like to share on any of any of all of this? Um, uh, th- there were many people that I knew had a lot of association in Srila Prabhupada in the beginning, and they just disappeared. You never, never to see them again, never to hear them again. You know, so you, you, and, and maybe one also had the opportunity to actually commit offenses to Srila Prabhupada because of that proximity. Yeah. You know, there's a danger sometimes like that. So, so the the mercy can 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 be given to you, but generally you have to receive it. Before, before I was a devotee, uh, I had a number of years where I became uh, quite uh, successful uh, at uh, telling about people from reading tarot cards. <laughs> I, I, I quit it when I became a devotee, but, but uh, I, I was quite good uh, with these tarot cards. And uh, anyway... One of the cards I always remembered after I was a devotee was one of, one of the, the sweets is, is, is cups, you know, and and the kind each of them has a mystical meaning, and so you know, a, a cup full of the waters of life, it's something to do with uh, with the communion cup, you know, the, the kind of thing. So, and one of, one of these cups, the, the the pictures on the card would say say it was I forget the number now, I'll say the six of cup. So the um, six. What it shows is a guy sitting on a tree, with his arms crossed, and he's looking down. And in front of him is a cloud, and from the cloud a hand is coming out, and from the hand the hand is holding a cup, and he's just looking like this. And down below you see the other cups have all been knocked over. <laughs> and I think of that sometimes. Grace, uh, the grace is coming. It's being given to you. It's being handed to you. Practically, it's mystical, and still, you know, you're just not interested. You'd rather not. And, and, and so sometimes that happens, um, unfortunately. And all I can say is about really great devotees. Then they never quit. Raise your hand. Maharaj, is it fair to say that uh, quality hearing means change of heart? Quality? Quality hearing means change of heart. It results in change of heart. And if there is a change of heart, that means there is quality hearing. This is exactly like what he was doing this morning. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> it can be, you know, it can be not necessarily quality hearing that's the cause of the change of heart. It could be some, you know, nice prashadam caused the change of heart. And then that led to quality hearing, which led to another kind of change of heart. How does that sound to you? I'm sorry. I like a nice prashadam. 
You follow the, the, the response I'm giving? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Because th- this question arose from the fact that Prabhu mentioned in this morning's lecture that Prabhupada said that if you are not regulated in your activity, in your action, quality hearing will not take place. So then I was thinking, what if one out of past, you know, association with the devotees, we hear lectures and we hear so many nice things about Krishna, so then there is a desire in my heart that Krishna is the ultimate Can we do something with the battery? It's whoever's in charge of the microphone. If I have a desire to surrender sincerely to that ultimate soul, to, to the ultimate goal, then even though I may not be regulated in my activities at this time, but yet the quality hearing will take place. Not in a sustained fashion, however. The, the, the curtain may open a little bit, and then it's going to close again. Krishna will encourage you to get your act together. But after five years, <laughs> there's a few things I want to do first. So if you pray like that, you know, not just yet. Well, please destroy all my material desires, except this one. That's an offense against the holy name, actually, by the way, maintaining material desires. But, so, sometimes we're like that, you know. We haven't, we, you know. So, so these, these things are in the heart, and they, we, have to be, we have to also look at ourselves in an honest way uh, to... to uh, uh, to see what's there. Someone else over here had their hand up? Yes? And then not many Vedas in, in the back. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, in Nectar of Devotion, uh, many times we see some uh, uh, benefits of Bhakti, like just uh, if someone just circumambulates food, uh, Vishnu is eligible to go to Vaikuntha or just someone just join the process. Rathyatra is eligible to go to the Vaikuntha. Then, like, uh, why one should undergo such austerity, uh, regulatory principles, and uh, mercy of Guru and all these things? Yeah. You're right. Let's go to Rathyatra and then go back to Godhead. That's your question. Two things. One is, the potency is such that one can be so totally elevated, even from that one thing. So it's to, it's to appropriately extend glorification of that one thing. It's not an exaggeration. The potency is there. However... You and I and most other of the conditioned souls, as Ravindra Prabhu has been saying this morning and again now, our receiving capacity is pretty weak. 
The potency is there, but our receiving capacity is weak. So we need additional things, many additional things, to get us to the point where we're at receiving capacity maximum. So we have a, you know, a full balanced life. Second part is, a life of devotion, we want to serve Krishna 24-7. Non-stop. We just want to serve Krishna. And so, not just go to one Rathyatra, we want to serve Krishna. In, in all, so many different ways. So we have so many different ways of serving Krishna in so many different ways. Each of which has this wonderful potency of delivering Krishna and delivering us from our you know, material entanglements. Is that all right? It's all right. Atmani Vedana? So, I, I forget exactly the. Uh, well, I, I, I recall that uh, uh, if, if a de- hearing that from Papa that if a, if a devotee uh, uh, prays to Krishna with all his heart to to surrender completely, um, then then the Lord will the Lord will ins- ensure that that. Happens. I believe something like that, so I may have it slightly off. But my question is, if if that's at least somewhat right on, then my question is, if if that's the case, then why is it that for such a for a devotee for whom that occurs, why is it that then uh, quite often the consciousness is much less is is rather impure, even after that happening once in a while. You know the answer, but you're just giving me something to respond to. What is what is the hand the phone to the microphone to Salam? What is the cause of unsteadiness? Anishita bhakti is caused by anartas in the heart. So there may be, not as you described, there is a sincere calling. Krishna hears the sincere calling. Krishna helps. But we're hanging on, as the minister Prabhu was saying, you know, to this one, that one, or a bunch of them. And we want, you know, oh, Krishna, please take all material contamination from my heart, except the, my favorite ones. <laughs> and then Krishna starts to take away the contamination from our heart, including their favorite ones. And we say, ouch. And and so on. You know, complacency sets in again, and we didn't really mean it, and some. You know, so we're unsteady because of anartas in the heart. The potency is there by the process to at once remove them all. That the resistance is we're holding on to them, and so it takes time. I say the same thing in a different way. You've heard me say this probably fifty times. One reporter asked Prabhupada, Swamiji, how long does it take to become Krishna conscious? And I was sitting there and just interested in how Prabhupada answered. He said, less than a moment. And he said, and in that less than a moment, two things. 
one must give up the tendency to try to understand God and absolute truth by process of mental speculation. And second is one must give up the tendency to try to enjoy the senses through fruit of activity. And then he paused and said, generally people are addicted to these two things and therefore generally the process is gradual. <laughs> then he repeated, but actually it takes less than a moment. So the potency for these impetuses of purity, including from our side and from Krishna's side, are, are there. But, you know, we're holding on and Krishna doesn't interfere. He reciprocates with our sincere calling. But he doesn't force us. Gradual. Generally. Last question, Matthew. Thank you, Maharaj. You had, you had talked about our devotional life kind of sometimes going back and forth depending on circumstances. When things are tough... We want to take shelter. Yeah. When not so tough, maybe we don't take shelter. Yeah. So how in those moments when, when our material situation is not so difficult, how can we even cultivate a mood of taking shelter when it apparently seems there's no shelter needed? That's called La La Land. <laughs> La La Land is everything's nice. <laughs> Summertime. <laughs> you know, and all that. It's La La Land. It, it's, it's Maya, the lull of Maya setting us up for the next, you know, because the, even in that La La space, forgetfulness of Krishna is misery. And then comes the other kind of the la-la land experience, which is, I'll kick you in the face. I was, um, I, I remember very clearly Prabhupada speaking on a hot summer day in the Brooklyn Temple in July. Maybe that same week that we were initiated. Um, I point gesturing to Rabindra. Prabhupada was saying, Maya is like this. She is beckoning. Come and enjoy me. It's just like, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Come and enjoy me. Come and enjoy me so I can kick you in the face. <laughs> this is Maya. And that, 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 that complacency thing. Another thing that Prabhupada said, similar, was it's not that there's a, at any moment, there's a break from devotion to Krishna. The material tendency is sankalpa vikalpa, accepting and rejecting. You've heard that phrase, accepting, rejecting. And that's the mind. It vacillates between... So, I work very hard. He describes this as an extra devotion. And therefore, I deserve a vacation. So devotional service isn't like that. It's like, I deserve a vacation from devotional service. I've worked very hard to serve Krishna. I deserve a vacation. He said, it's not like that. As soon as you're slackening, you don't have to then say, okay, Maya, you can come. Immediately she's there, kicking you. Immediately. 
So complacency means. And that so that la la land is it means. Forgetfulness of Krishna is covering your consciousness. And it seems comfortable. Forgetting Krishna comfortably. It's illusion. It's just part of the feature of duality where Maya is saying, come and enjoy me. Same message. It's the expectation of happiness through fruitive activity in la-la land that makes us bound to conditioned life. And then the misery, you know, then the excruciating feature of misery comes, which we then we may call to Krishna for shelter, and then the complacency comes when it's you know the the, the, the pinch subsides. You get it. Okay, thank you all very much. You the Prabhupada ki jai.